Oops. Let's go action. YouTube. Uh, uh, switch count. Eight. Schedule. Five. Next. Done. It's a spooky weekend. You're a delay. Uh, oh. Stupid autofocus is still on. Uh, yeah, so there was a massive delay because I wasn't certain we were going to even record. Um, Matt is doing family stuff for Halloween. Demay should be along shortly, though. Uh, Ray should be along. Shortly, so we'll at least have those guys. I was buried in uh, all the audio from Timmy's recording in Louisville. Um, lost track of time, so there's my excuse. Uh, how are y'all on Sunday? This last Sunday of October, man. It is going to be November. Crazy. I'm just cruising right along. Uh, let's go here. Not bring desktop audio in. Go to the YouTubes. Paul, Miggity, Eric, Gray Fox. Oh. Speakers. 
Hey, Dustin. And then I don't know what we'll end up doing. If we'll actually end up doing a burn and return proper or not. We might just do something random. Waiting on uh, Demay and Ray here to join. And we'll know. Yard Bra Vid today said Milo is a good overwinter cool season grass perch. I kind of disagree with that. Seems the micro life won't convert to nitrogen when cold. When he's when uh, I don't even care about yard bra, uh, especially given everything. But uh, I wonder what what he defined what what over winter cool season. So like. Uh, sitting there waiting for spring kind of thing is, is, that, is that what he meant by overwinter because the way i mean i ain't anywhere near as smart as half the people in the discord or the guys by any means how i always did it was just urea or you know even ams uh in the fall and then when top growth slowed or, or stopped entirely, I stopped. So, I don't know. It seems dumb to me to have just fertilizer sitting there on the surface waiting for spring. Just apply it when it can be. saying it was slow release for winter well, why do you need it I, I don't know why uh cool season would need slow release in the winter good does that do you why leave it in the bag in the garage when it can be in the lot fair enough jesse <laughs> i want to park around it If there's anything Yard Broad knows about, it's early release from prison. juvenile grass good grief all right we can that that all right and looks like we got ray joining in here ray uh do anything spooky today hardly nothing spooky 
Nope. Halloween is not a big deal. Uh, not for did, me, anyway. Did you, did you apply Malorganite to a cool season lawn to uh, let it be there over the winter? No. That might be spooky. No. Well, I still remember how one customer of mine fucked himself over uh, putting down Malorganite in October. He followed the meme and uh, he had to live with a lawn that got constantly overgrown and scalped every time I mowed it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that was the last time he uh, bought or applied Malorganite either. <laughs> uh, let's do this. What's going on, Demay? Do anything spooky? Meeting a rod right now. A brown rod. Uh, I didn't think that there were little brown rods. <laughs> Not everybody can be Tally Coleman. You know? It's kind of no. like football <laughs> recruiting. Not, Not everybody's a five star, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you saw... I screenshotted. So Patrick Squires said, Yard Bra video today said Milo is a good overwinter cool season grass bird. <laughs> and so we were kind send of talking. Send us, send us a link, that. and if there's a timestamp, we'll we'll uh we'll dive into that. We'll do a special generous tour. Are you uh, uh are you a trunker treater, Demay, or are you a tricker treater? Like go knock on doors or go walk a parking lot? Are you talking about me personally or the the, the family? Of my family. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the family definitely skews more towards um, the trick or treat, the go to the doors and, and do that all. Um, I personally hate Halloween. It's my least favorite of any celebrated holidays. Sure. I think I'd prefer, uh, you know, Administrative Assistance Day would be higher up for me than Halloween. It's okay. It's not my cup of tea. Mm -hmm. You too, Dime. You too, because I am a non-Halloween person myself. I don't care. I just, I never got into it. Never really got into it. I, You know, I actually took more pride and pleasure of sitting at the door as a youth, mm -hmm. handing out the candy mm -hmm. to other kids or grown-ass adults that would dress up and I'm trying to get candy too. Well, the reason why I developed my disdain for Halloween is Halloween is in October, right? Mm -hmm. And here in Hawaii, October is one of the most miserable, hot, and humid months I can think of. It fucking sucks here in October. And so... Why would I want to <laughs> tromp around in a neighborhood in costume? Why would I want to do that? Yeah, I, uh, as a kid growing up, I was very much like Demay. I, I did the trick-or-treater thing for a little while, and then I was very excited to just hang out at home and hand out candy. It's because we're taskmasters at heart. That's why. We're not celebrators. So, just saying. Well, for me, it's I, uh, uh, it's ne it's neither. How's that? It's neither. <laughs> damn. Yep. 
I am uh, I am Scrooge. <laughs> At least for Halloween. these fucking people okay let me get uh i don't know are we doing regular burn return matt's not i don't know if matt's coming or not if he isn't yeah <laughs> uh it kind of sounded like so the thing is even if he left when he said, he said i he totally did. blanked and i'm doing halloween shit even if he left that minute he wouldn't mm -hmm. be getting home until like right now and it didn't sound like he was leaving we'll at just that do, minute. We'll just do, we'll do help desk. We'll push it live. And we'll do it fucking live, but we'll do, we'll definitely do this yard bro video. Oh yeah. What a combination. Uh, you want me to Juno's turf and, you want me to switch uh, and this help to desk? just a public stream? Yeah, sure. Hang on a second here. Hmm. Let me see if I can find. When I switch it to a public stream, uh, all this preamble would go with it, unless I start a new stream. Do you want me to oh. start a new stream and cut the preamble to the public version, or just F it and go with it? Send it. Yeah, send it. No. We'll do it live! Fuck it! <laughs> God. I love it. Let's see here. So I think that's the video. To... Uh, it is. I'm watching it right now, trying to like hone in on. But a 20 minute. Yeah. I don't know where we're at in that. Little after 940 or so. Is what Patrick Squire says. Ah, uh, thanks, Patrick. Did I, I think I've talked about this before, but I truly believe. Well, I can't say that if we're going to go public, so never mind. Uh, I haven't yet, uh, but I'm about to. So this is your last chance to change it's your that, mind. It's not that bad. <laughs> okay. Public and save. Uh, we are going to also this to be description. But uh, members, go ahead and still in the thread for the show. Uh, suggest titles as we go through, by all means. <laughs> oh man, this is gonna be this is gonna be fun. <laughs> okay, okay. Squires, if there's anything past that nine forty mark, I watched for about a minute. If there's anything beyond that, go ahead and put it in the the thread. 
on Discord and let me know if there's anything else we need to jump to within that. And very much appreciated, sir. Thanks for looking out for us. Thank you, Patrick. <laughs> very much. <laughs> yeah, I would start up close to about 9, yeah, 9.30 or so would be the timestamp there. So, okay. So, gosh darn, we're at 85, Ray. Mm-hmm. So uh, for any of y'all just joining us, we usually record privately for the members uh, at this time on Sunday nights for Burn and Return. And due to Halloween, Matt's uh, doing Halloween-y stuff. Ryan just finished. We're going to do kind of a... Whoa, whoa. I I did what? You just finished. (laughs) Where? You didn't know that? this is all news to me I, i'm i'm sorry to be the one to tell you but yeah you finished well i'll go get you a towel and i'm gonna go change my underwear <laughs> good grief oh my God. Uh, i guess that's is that a trick or a treat uh trick for that's me a treat tank. for you okay uh now that we got a little space in between that uh we are gonna do what just a basically a Joe knows turf tonight. No, we'll do kind of an extended version. We'll maybe take a couple questions. Uh we'll do. We'll, we'll jump into that here in a minute. We'll do uh, lawn care help desk tonight. So our burn and return. Normally mm-hmm. we go over articles, everything like that. Uh, I don't think there's enough piss and vinegar in Ray and I right now. We really need Matt here to kind of set the bomb off. So if, because our detonator is not here, uh, I think we're just going to do. Some lawn care help desk questions help people get over the hump. It is nearly Halloween for those of you scoring at home. And, um, you know, so, still some warm temperatures. I saw, I don't know, what, Jay Pink, what was the weather like in Knoxville? I saw 76 in Nashville. Yeah, uh, very similar. It was it a was, uh, beautiful day out. But, <laughs> like, I think also in Nashville, it's supposed to basically flip. And this week, we're going to have lows around 30s. So, yep. Should be a good time. So just as Ray was on the pre-show complaining about Hawaii being hot and humid and disgusting all of October, it's about to go bye-bye, ladies and gentlemen. So if you have seed projects, sod projects, uh, weed control left to do, whatever in cool season country, in warm season country, who knows? I mean, we've heard a, uh, a variety of things. I think there was some, uh, some, some poor advice that was given that uh, we reviewed the other day on warm season stuff. So, um, yeah, this is just a chance to ask some questions, quick hitters, not lightning round, but, uh, you know, something a little, a little smooth, a little silky, just right there in the chat. No phone calls tonight. God, I don't want to, we can't talk to anybody on the phone. We can't even pay our long distance bill. Okay. We had to pay the <laughs> bourbon bill. We had to pay the bourbon bill in, uh, oh. In Louisville. oh no, <laughs> that was nobody's fault here. <laughs> It was nobody's fault here. <laughs> Everybody got a nice parting gift. So for those of you that weren't there, I don't have it close by. Otherwise, I'd grab it. I can, I can the grab folks, it. I'll be right back. But the, for the folks that did attend uh, our event in Louisville, uh, we had it at the uh, the Angel's Envy uh, Distillery right there across from yes. Louisville Slugger Ballpark and the factory there. And mm. uh, a very nice space. 
maybe a little too elegant for uh, dipshits like us. You know, um, you know when you go into a place, right? And it's not that it's stuffy; it's just that, like, you look around, and you're like, I don't don't, don't like it. Is uh, are, are, I don't belong. It here. was no, it was stuffy. I mean, it was just super stuffy, starchy uh, telephone pole up the ass. I mean, that's. <laughs> That's my impression, and uh, I was trying to be diplomatic about things. There you go. Look at that. So we got these engraved bottles, and everything was awesome. Mm -hmm. All of our attendees were supposed to get engraved bottles that were empty, and they could fill them with the bourbon of their choice if they wanted to do it there, if they wanted to do it somewhere else, whatever. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, Came to find out. However, that's that's the way I understood it. Uh, That's not the way it was intended to be uh, sold. But however, so, the uh, uh... <laughs> the, the, fine, the fine folks at Angels Envy's uh, Angels Envy, excuse me, singular, um, looked at all of us as we exited the premises that night and said, "No, no, no, no! Listen, you guys are not nearly inebriated enough, and clearly, the best mm. thing that you could do at this point would be to take additional high-proof alcohol with you, okay, uh, <laughs> and 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 just have it on your person." And it actually didn't take long. Uh, let me see if I can find a good photo here of who I believe to be the first individual that uh, Michael Chaley that sampled it. Was Chaley the first? No, he's being ridiculous in the chat. Oh, I didn't see that. Let me uh, let me find this one. This was potentially. Oh, where's it at? I don't have the other one. I only have this one. Let me copy this real quick. And I'll go ahead and send this to you. J-Pink. Oh, come on now. That's the one I want to send. There's another one, though, of a closer version. <laughs> if you want to throw that one up. And if you didn't hear us, we recap this. So there is uh, our good friend, Michael Beebe. <laughs> for, the phone, for the phone bill, uh, and and uh, this is here's 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 the thing is that you know, uh, dear busy bees, he said here for you, Ray, because he knows how much I love the EPA. Uh, <laughs> it's too bad. You know how much I love. Each have a bottle, yes. He and I think that's what it was. It it, it was uh, an ode to Ray. And raise uh, <laughs> love, lo- dear love, and uh, adoration of unelected bureaucrats. And so uh, busy mm-hmm. do this. And then there's a close up of him by the door. I don't know where that photo exists uh, of him right out of the bottle. And, and mere minutes mm-hmm. after we had received these bottles, God bless him, uh, just pounding and chugging this. So, uh, so yeah, you know, you come next year, maybe there'll be something in your bottle. Maybe there won't. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. See where we go. JPink was actually a good sent us a. It was a, it was an awesome time. JPink sent us a link today. Uh, you know, moving it to Vegas and doing uh, helicopter uh, gunfighting tours. You know, yeah. out, in, out uh, in the desert. We would have to clear that with uh, our legal team because yes. man, uh, I don't uh, know. I have it, full full faith. Full faith. That our man and our sponsor Jesse Bousquet, uh could write a airtight 
waiver to get us around this. No problem at all. But a 10-person group special, get cleared to shoot the fully automatic belt fed. <laughs> I mean, it would be pretty awesome. Uh, I ain't going to lie. But, yeah, that'd be a Vegas trip. We'll work on that. So, maybe next year, if you're into that. Okay. I think we do have some questions coming in. One thing I did want to say, real quick, before we get started. Chaley just gave us a super chat. and Chaley, thank you. Uh, Michael Chaley, I don't know how long he's been a subscriber. I don't know how long he's been in the group. It's been at least a year, if not more. And uh, a super nice dude gave Matt an incredible gift uh, that hopefully is posted right outside of his house at this point. Um, and just, uh, I was really, really humbled to meet him. He was, he traveled a long way, came from Canada, crossed the border, snuck his bottle back through. Well, like, maybe, maybe he did, maybe he didn't, Mounties. Don't know, don't care how that may have gotten there. But, um, super nice dude who had uh, a ton of good things to say. Uh, and meeting him and afterwards and everything like that. But look at this. This is uh, for the audio folks. This is um, a sign. It's meant to look like one of those security signs, like, you know, the uh, ADT signs that go out in front of your house, except it's like eight times the size of that normal sign. It says, <laughs> protected by, fuck around and find out surveillance. And it's got the Grass Factor logo on it. So um, hopefully Matt has found a appropriately sized post to mount that on. And, uh, you know, if and when Spencer decides to come by and be a real estate agent and help Matt move into that $500,000 house, by God, he'll see that sign and he'll know. So, all right. Chaley, thank you. Thank you for the super chat. Thank you for uh, meeting us. Thanks for the time. All right. Let's see what questions we got here. Okay. I, threw, I started throwing some in the in the envelope. All right. Squires. Patrick Squires wants to know. Uh, let's see. Here's in Michigan. Winter desktop planter grass. Doable under a grow light. Uh, yes. I've not done grass under a grow light in a long time. And I would say something that's got a lower light requirement. Uh, I think you're going to struggle with Kentucky bluegrass. So just ryegrass. I guess it'd be fun. Ray, any any other different thoughts on that? Probably not. Probably not, uh, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, how shall I say? He's uh, going to do a little bit of FAFO himself. I mean, because what she's looking at is... He's going to need to ensure that his light source has enough intensity. Mm. Because a lot of your grow lights are toys. However, Patrick Squires, do be careful because my understanding is, is that if your grow light is good enough, you will attract attention from the DEA. Yeah, they like to look at your power bill. Uh, they like to look at uh, infrared heat signatures. Things of that nature. Yeah. Uh, off, offline, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a story about a house and the previous owner of a house that I used to live in a long time ago and what happened to this gentleman before we bought the house that I found out after the fact. 
It's a good story. Keep that in mind. But yeah, let's start with the uh, start with the printout ryegrass there. Okay, Dustin Waterman wants to know what's the timeline on burning Bermuda off in the spring, at least as far as Bermuda is here in oh in Lincoln, Nebraska. Ray, you want to take that one? Sure. Uh, I I cannot give an exact date because my time for doing that would be approximately a month before anticipated green up. Mm. Okay. That, w- that would be my time to light it up. Yeah. And I think in uh, Nebraska there on, he's got iron cutter. I'm going to anticipate mm-hmm. he's going to start greening up in mid to late April and be fully green by like, Memorial Day at the latest. So sure. Hopefully, hopefully it's a hopefully it's a typical year, you know. But uh, they're saying uh, at least out here in the Midwest, they're saying warm and uh, dry winter here. That's what I'm hearing. Oh, uh, but I don't because, know because they, uh, they 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 them could be off on that mm-hmm. too. Well, the the Hawaii forecast calls for. Warm and relatively no rain this this December through uh, April. So there went my off season. If that's the case, yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, at least it's not fungicide season to the hill with all the rain. No, it won't be fungicide season, but that means that it'll be still. you know, getting calls from people who found out how shitty their irrigation system is. Yeah, I, I think if you get if you rewatch that video from Ginja and did that five step test he's got, I, I think you'll make it. Mm-hmm. Just just trust yeah. what Ginja says. And if you don't <laughs> trust what he says, I highly encourage you to visit www.domesticserialabuser.com. Check that out. If you need some more info. Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't smirk, J. Pink. All right, let's see here. Dill Pickle. Uh, I don't think that's his real name. Uh, would you treat rust on Emerald Zoysia right now, or would you let it ride? Totally out of my wheelhouse, Ray. I am going to defer to you. You know, what I would do right now is I would actually let it go because the Zoysia is about to go dormant. However, my question to him would be, has he applied his large patch preventative already? I, and why would that be important, right? That would be important because you need your large patch preventative to be taken up by the turf grass before the turf grass actually needs it, you know, a few weeks from now. That's why. <laughs> it's... Uh, you know, I, I cannot emphasize how important that is because, uh, you know, when people miss their large patch application on Zoisha and come about November or December and they start seeing the damage from the large patch, I don't have any good ideas for them. I don't. I mean, I just don't have any good ideas because uh, 
I told him, well, you've missed your window, and my only other suggestion is choose a grass that is less susceptible to large patch if uh, applying fungicides <laughs> is, a, is a problem. Hey, you know that cancer you got? You probably shouldn't get that. It's bad for you. Yep. That's Dr. Ray right there. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's see here. Oh fuck! Can we can we put the picture up real quick, please? Yeah, yeah. just go ahead. Can go to it. Just, just just go to that real quick. And there it is, ladies and gentlemen. The very first swig, I believe, is the proper. Oh term. dear, swig of the dirty deeds. Just <laughs> uh, it's a barrel oh pick. So, um, Michael Beebe, ladies and gentlemen, are <laughs> actually actually too, and, and to give Beebe some credit, uh, this is minutes, mere minutes after. He awarded the uh, second annual um, uh, uh, Thirsty Thursday Scholarship to Jason the Turf Kid. So Jason could not be in attendance. Uh, he was he was sick. So we're going to send him that uh, send him that money over there to NC State and uh, help him continue and further his education. A nice video from Aldo uh, was sent passing the torch, and uh, then as our scholarship committee chairperson. Um, maybe decided to celebrate, so God bless him. Okay, uh, let's jump over here and take another question. Okay, speaking of Aldo, Aldo has a math mm-hmm. question. He says, How much propiconazole with a concentration of 2.2 percent would I need to equal one ounce of the 14.3 percent? Uh, okay, so. The uh, this is I'm assuming the bio advanced, like ready to spray is the 2.42 yep. I believe, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming that that's in a emulsifiable concentrate formulation. Do you know that to be true, Ray? I don't know, and I'm not going to go look it up. But uh, actually, I think it that it's what they what it's what's called like a water-based uh, micro emulsion. So it's solvent free you know low solvent but then it is an emulsion micro encapsulated right yeah the micro encapsulated uh, emulsion but that's what the 14.3 is so that's what the 14.3 is correct so what we need to do is i guess do a little division (laughs) yeah so i just looked at the label 1.3 Pounds of active ingredient per gallon mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. uh, in our fourteen point three. Yeah, let me get a let me get a pen here. So pounds AI per gallon. This is our fourteen point three, and you gotta love unit analysis, ladies and gentlemen. Point three, and then we don't know what's in our two. So let's see. Two point oh, two point four two. Not four two point two. Two two. We're trying to get to 
fluid ounce. All right, so not to bore everybody, but I, I'll finish this problem out. I'll send it over to, to Auto. Basically, Auto, mm-hmm. the unit analysis, you got to knock off and go from what's in one ounce um, every 14.3, and you can either ratio and proportion that over and then calculate your rate, or you can figure out the rate and then back end and figure out what your AI is. So those are your two ways of doing it. But I'll come back to it because I need to finish this because otherwise my brain will hurt. Okay. Jeff. No last name given. I think that's just a parent. His name his parents gave him. Put it on his birth certificate. Just Jeff. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. Jeff, is there any reason to not mulch my tree leaves into the lawn instead of bagging or raking them up? Uh, Jeff, I would say no. That there is no uh, major reason to do that. Suffice to say that you are not smothering your grass when you're doing that. That you're not leaving large clumps uh, behind that you're scattering those leaves. So um, in my experience uh, of mowing lots and lots of leaves, that typically means that you're having to mow over them maybe several times to get them chopped up fine enough. Depends on if you've got a mulching kit on your mower or not, uh, side discharge if they're mulched or um, anything else like that. So just keep in mind, make sure that they're mulched up fine enough uh, to kind of fall down in the canopy. And if you need to, one thing, one tip or trick is if you've got a large concentration of those is maybe blow or push those out right scatter them over a larger area so you're not just ripping over piles that are you know taller than the mower is so ray anything else to add there leaves mulching leaves a big thing out there in hawaii never never ever never ever i'm sorry uh, i'm sorry we we prefer to be very wasteful there we go yeah. all right ray this is one for you and i've got to hop up and fill up my water cup while you answer this one uh paul okay. smith bermuda mm-hmm. sports field that's clean late application spectacle and simazine followed by ron star in the spring is all that good send it late app if it's send clean. it yeah send it send it i mean no problems however i would leave out the simazine Unless I had a special reason to apply cinnazine, actually, because spectacle covers a lot of your weeds of concern, especially poa. And I'm presuming that you're applying pre-emergent to cover for poa. But here's the wrinkle. If you're applying to cover for broad leaves, I might encourage you to, instead of putting simazine in there, incorporating Shoreguard into your winter weed control program because uh, spect- Shoreguard is a very effective broadleaf pre-emergent. I mean, that's, uh, and hopefully that, an- that kind of answered your question, Paul. There you go, Paul. Paul, I still need to call you this week. Oh, Paul, call last week. Okay. Patty Avaludo. I'm going to guess that. Just mm-hmm. I mispronounced that. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. What would be the best approach for dealing with my neighbors letting their dogs pissing on my lawn without being a dick that I am? They already look at me funny when I wear your guys' shirt. Well, um, 
Ray probably shouldn't answer this because Ray has some very, very strong opinions on neighbors' dogs. Um, probably aren't fit for broadcast. Uh, I would well, just... actually, I, I, okay. I have a more, uh, how shall I say, moderate approach. Uh, I would start putting this on video, and then I would turn that video into animal control because in most municipalities, there's a leash law. In other words, if somebody is just opening their door and letting their dog go out into whoever's lawn they want and that dog's not on a leash, they are vi- violating local laws in most cases. Yeah, it could be zoning. could be something just civil like zoning. could be criminal. So uh, that's actually not a bad idea, Ray, is just you know go over yeah. there and have a nice conversation and just say, hey, listen, Advice. You know, this is causing problems for me. Yeah, yeah, and uh, by the way, uh, you know, your dog does need to be on a leash, and if animal control happens to be not busy that day and they see a dog roaming around in the neighborhood, uh, guess what? That doggy could be scooped up, and now you got to bail doggy out. Do you want to have to do that? <laughs> That's another question. Is the barrel, is it, does this dog routinely carry... Uh money on his or her person might want to know Oops. that before you yeah maybe they do yeah. Yeah. all right yeah. let's see dill pickle uh coming back in is heritage g okay for large patch <sighs> you theoretically kind of sort of could but you know when you apply heritage g that application needs to be activated by water. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's just granules sitting on top of the grass. And that's the thing is getting it in there at the right time for uptake, things like that. You know, if you, if you put it out there and it sits and you're mm-hmm. already starting to go dormant and you don't get it enough into the plant, that could be a problem. Could be a problem. Yeah, because so. I've not heard of... Granular is oxystrobe and propiconazole being like the ideal treatment for large patch. I, I always see studies done with the uh, sprayed on fungicides, Ryan. Mm-hmm. You know, I always see them doing like ProStar. I see them doing tebuconazole. I see them doing lexicon. <laughs> The list of that kind of stuff, but those are all sprayed, right? And also a little bit more expensive too. So yeah, kind of costly. Oh, but they work, Ryan. They work. Hey, that's right. All right, let's see here. Brent uh, contributing nine dollars and ninety nine cents to the Bourbon Fund. Thank you, Brent. Very, very much appreciated. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, "Can we discuss cold snap injury?" On cool season turf, uh, and can I contribute to the bourbon fund? Also, can the mass holes ban be lifted? Thanks. I didn't know there was a mass holes ban. There's a there's a lot of people from Massachusetts at the uh, at the live show. If I had to count, let me think here: three, four, five, six, six. Mm-hmm. I think in total, maybe uh, maybe mm-hmm. seventh. Uh, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so cold injury on cool season turf. Actually, Brett, there was some really, really good pictures out of uh, New England. I think it was a year or two ago of some chilling industry or injury, excuse me, 
on cool season turf in very specific situations. I don't know if you're considering like right now, like where we've kind of gone from really, really warm, generally speaking, to cold like this week coming up. I wouldn't be particularly worried about it. You know, we're we're going to be in the 20s, but we're not going to be. Um, you know, I haven't looked. Let me look and see what the forecast is there for like uh, Amherst, Massachusetts weather. Currently 44 degrees in light rain in uh, your local Amherst area. Uh, yeah, so, you know, upper 40s, very low 50s, and then down in the upper to mid 20s here a few days this coming week. Nothing to worry about if that's if that's the concern, Brent. I think I'd be more worried about, you know, really, really, really cold temperatures, you know, sub 15 coming in, something like that. And um, as far as, you know, cold injury, at different times of the year, I think we see this more with like crown hydration is a big thing, particularly like poanua. This you see this more in putting greens and things like that, but you can definitely see it in other species as well. Where um, you know you have a plant that's dormant, the crown gets rehydrated, so it start to, starts to come out of dormancy in the springtime, and then there's a, a freeze or a really really hard freeze uh, where you go back down in like the low twenties, something like that, and that can be very uh, problematic on cool season turf. So. This time of year, not quite as much. And whatever you see, it's typically going to grow out of. So that's what I think. Ray doesn't have to worry about that. So nope. let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Here. Ooh, squires. If maples with tar spot clean up leaves very well and try to clear up the tar spot, I am not a uh, a plant pathologist when it comes to trees. So... I've got nothing okay. on this one. The usual suggestion is to eliminate diseased leaves when, you know, as being litter. And that is like, I guess, the one time and instance when you would want to, rather than mulching in leaves, take them off somewhere else and have them burnt. That is the time and place for something like that to happen versus mulching them in. Because you see, with a lot of your diseases, they survive and overwinter as spores that came from the leaves. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've even okay. seen that with uh, various ornamental diseases, Ryan. To where, like, you know, black spot on roses? Mm -hmm. One of the best things I can do for that is torch the ground underneath the roses to destroy leaves that are bearing spores. All right. So let's see here. Squires, hopefully that gave you what you needed i was ill prepared for that one all right lawn radiance derek out there in nebraska with the Bermuda again what's the absolute lowest soil and ambient air temperature to apply a wetting agent uh i would say that as long as your soil isn't frozen and your efforts are to try and get uh, wetting agent down into the soil to prevent desiccation and, and potential turf loss in the winter time in Omaha, which is a you know 
Omaha itself, not such a big deal. Further out west, a little bit in Nebraska, Colorado, Front Range, the mountains, stuff like that. Absolutely, like it's a it's a huge problem out there. Um, so yeah, I would say start making your apps now and make them until the ground is either frozen or uh, from an air, ambient air temperature standpoint. Uh, you know, you can't you can overdo this. Like there is a point of diminishing returns as far as spreading wedge, wedding agents. So you know, follow the label of the cho- chosen one that you're using monthly and i think uh, i don't have the data memorized but if you look at the uh, studies that came out of university university of arkansas particularly that uh mike richardson doug karcher did over the years looking at more of so on ultradorf greens so ultradorf bermuda grass and not so much uh, the vegetative um higher cut uh vegetative ones that we use here you know that we're talking about here but definitely look at that because they'll tell you a lot about the timing rates and you know some of the things that they saw coming into spring as far as uh, winter survivability so those would be my any ray anything to add there as far as uh, minimum temperatures for that not really i think you covered it ryan i think you covered it okay as much as your wallet can excellent afford, is what ron would tell you yeah yeah i mean that's the that's the standard uh nonsense answer is oh just uh as much as your wallet can afford, uh, do it as long as the water is not frozen. <laughs> yeah, because I, people that are, I need more. I need more money in my affiliate for my affiliate link. <laughs> I was I was gonna say the people that are generally encouraging you to buy uh, and apply more wedding agents all the way up until the point that you're as much as your wallet can afford. Um, those are the types of people that have an extreme problem with getting things wet. So I'll just leave it at that. All right, Kevin Shepard <laughs> would like to know, is spring dead spot similar to summer patch in terms of uh, a minimum threshold for disease to show up? The example being newly planted Kentucky bluegrass or Bermuda sprig project that isn't likely to show signs of disease. So, yeah, Kevin, uh, uh, basically it's like this, right? You have your disease triangle, right? So we have uh, a virulent pathogen, we have a uh, susceptible host, and we have a favorable environment, right? So favorable environment within your context in upstate New York may not even happen for symptoms to present themselves with related relation to uh, spring dead spot, right? So that's thing number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, you do have a susceptible host, right? Um, and I don't know how um, Iron Cutter checks in on the spring dead spot studies. I don't have that memorized on the top of my head, but um, definitely something that you could look into uh, with NC State and maybe some of the other uh, pathology you, labs you know, down Ryan- south. Go ahead. Ryan, I would imagine that because the idea is to take Bermuda further north, you know, at the very limits of the transition zone and beyond, I'm pretty sure that one of the no-goes or the cutoff lines would be high susceptibility to diseases, including spring dead spot. Uh-huh. Because I have an observation about even Tahoma 31. And this is my observation on it to date. I notice it's rather resistant to leaf spot and dollar spot under most conditions. I'm finding it rather resistant. And what I'm not seeing it in it either is take all. I don't see take all patch because take all patch is the disease that 
bamboozled the people of Hawaii into going for Zoisha. Okay. Okay. Uh, and the only other thing I would say there too, Kevin, is that, uh, you know, pathogen, to, to specifically your question about pathogen, I, I, I think that, yeah, you have to have a critical mass of uh, that pathogen in order for you to see damage, right? Destructive damage. So uh, in that case, I would not be worried about that uh, right off the rip. Certainly, it's not going to hurt to protect your investment, but I don't know that you're going to see that. And I don't know that there's a lot of good data, right, to support at this point, right, to Ray's point, that uh, as these grasses push further and further north, and certainly as far north as you are, there's just not going to be good, reliable data. And I can tell you anecdotally from, um, you know, bringing it here for, you know, whatever, two or 300 miles south as the crow flies from your location, that as I read, um, you know, university publications, extension publications, talk to folks, even, you know, three or 400 miles south of me, and about how they manage things, it, it, the things that they can get away with in those locations uh, or that they see in those locations are not necessarily what we see here. And I would say that the same is true as you go further and further north. So that being said, it doesn't make it any easier to get through winter. There's still the nail bedding time of, you know, hey, what's it going to look like when it comes out of dormancy? And I would say at that point that if you want to spray a fungicide, go for it. But I don't think it's needed at this juncture. So take that for what it's worth. Okay, Looney, is there any applications that you prefer using uh, basically Safari for lawn or pest applications? Okay, here's my one use case for applying Denotifurin to turf. There's three Three instances. Number one would be chinch bug. Number two would be mealy bug or ground pearl. And my third reason is if I had to apply a late curative app for grubs and I didn't have Dilux. Because the property of Dinotifuran is that it is extremely mobile in soil. Mm. In other words, you apply furan in soil, it goes down in 24 hours. It moves in the soil very fast. However, that fast movement through soil also makes it a junk preventative because its high water solubility also means that it is also quickly leached back out and gone. So if you apply it during traditional spring grub preventative time and it starts raining or the lawn is on irrigation, you're probably going to lose the application before you actually need it. Or chip right there, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. You're not going to get that anywhere else. Not going to. Okay. Let's jump over here. Back over here. I was commenting on something that somebody tagged me in on the Discord that was uh, rather offensive and gross. So thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, J-Farm. Uh, let's see here. Paul Smith just responded and said, hey, we're not dormant yet here in North Carolina. Haven't needed SureGuard. We do run it 
uh, on commercial Bermudas, round one, followed by the 2405 with Podiatry. So there you go. Uh, Harper Explorers out there in California wants to let us know that it is 24 7 charges of repairs to the half. <sighs> okay. And Richard Harwell, anybody know how to reduce the amount of worm castings on the lawn? I'm, the afraid, I'm afraid the answer will be tough luck. I'm south of Seattle. I rake them out before mowing and can fill a gallon bucket. Oof. Uh, wow. As we've said, we've had Rich- this question m- many times before, Richard, and uh, I'll offer you one thing. One, there's, um, as far as preventing them, nothing that's legal, so we won't speak of it here. And mm-hmm. Ray, Ray, I have, a, I have an idea of how to help him here, but do you have any anything else to offer? Well, what I would probably tell this gentleman is that this is the use case for a bulldozer. And let me explain why. When I see a lot of earthworm castings, that tells me poorly drained, saturated, dense soil. I would scoop that out and replace it with sand. Well, so that's interesting, too. Um, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to shut the questions down at 10 PM. We will answer all the questions that do come in by then. So, uh, if you have any final questions, throw those in the chat while we're talking about this answer. So a couple of things on this one, um, the sand top dressing thing, this was, this has kind of been anecdotal things that people have seen. Hey, top dress up. And you'll antagonize the worms. They won't want to be in that area of the soil profile. And therefore, you won't have any problems. Interesting study that a lady uh, named Paige Boyle, P-A-I-G-E-B-O-Y-L-E, did when she did her uh, master's or PhD work at the University of Arkansas here recently. Just look up Paige Boyle worms and you'll see. uh, She's got a really good poster. I think I've got a link I can throw up here. And anyhow, the whole point was that she actually saw an increase in the amount of earthworm activity when they top dress with sand as opposed to not top dressing with sand, Ray. It was pretty interesting. Now, this is a warm season. This is in Oklahoma, Arkansas. So I don't I don't know if these results would be, you know, ubiquitous across the entire, you know, continental United States or whatever. But this is probably the closest look that anybody's had at these types of issues, right, from a management perspective uh, and dealing with them. So... Uh, interesting stuff here, and I'll send over this link for Jay Pink to put into the chat. And then finally, um, the other thing I was going to say is, uh, Richard, if you want to, I don't know how often you're able to mow dry. I think that could probably be a challenge if you're south of Seattle, especially going through wintertime and everything like that. But I'd, I'd, I'd ask you to get some type of a brush. Uh, if you want to get a push room, you can do that. I, I always recommend, and I think uh, Rob Palmer, Turf Therapy, was on the show uh, long time ago, and we talked about this, and I'd recommended to him getting like a tennis court brush. So they make these like five, six foot wide brushes that you can either push and create a little bit of friction against the grass, or you could pull, and just kind of knock things off. So um, when things are wet, you can pull it. When they're dry, you can push it, and uh, you'll get a, a reasonably good uh, surface to to mow and and work with, right? And this is a trick we used to use on the golf course when we had major worm cast issues, both mowing in the morning or trying to mow dry. So uh, it's not foolproof. It's not the best thing in the world, 
uh, but it saves you from raking up a whole bunch of stuff and, and you'll still have some cleanup to do uh, of the, the brush and or other equipment that you use to clean it up. So just take that for what it's worth. Okay. Let's see here. Uh, J Farm wants to know, is there anything you can do to young, young grass to prepare it for heavy leaves and snow falling on it as it doesn't have great vertical strength yet? So, um, you know, there's things that people will say that you can do potassium silicate, Ray, you know, using mm-hmm. silica products and maybe there's some, some advantages there with, uh, turgidity, right. Of the leaf. But I, I, right, I think this right. might have something more to do with, uh, well, one turgidity, but two just texture, right? So is the grass just kind of laying over or is it straight up? So, um, one would be, you know, mowing just a little bit shorter if you can J farm, if it's ready for that yet um secondarily would be uh trying to remove leaves off it as much as possible snow i know you're not going to go out there with a snowblower or a shovel and shovel the front yard um that's a lot of chips to cash in on the home front and i don't think that you want anybody to think you're losing your marbles uh so that being said um trying to mow just a little bit shorter pushing it with just a little bit of fur right now not not too much um and try to get some things to fill in here before uh temperatures completely fall off the map so um i'd love to see pictures of it throw them up in the discord we'll take a look and we'll see how floppy it is okay harwell's back he wants to know can you use a celeprin on ryegrass all day long and twice on sunday richard send it absolutely yeah what what would be the difference between varieties what would be the difference? Because I don't see that difference. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much u- ubiquitous. Whatever it's labeled for, go for it. All right. Send it. Yeah, send it. <laughs> Gardner Ifka wants to know, uh, Hawaii was a centipede or Augie market or Bahia, I guess. Are, uh, do you, uh, nope. does, does Hawaii nope. feature it, it, any of those three grasses? Nope. Nope. Uh Hawaii, as long as I can remember, was majority either Emerald Zoysia or 328. However, starting in the late 1980s, a plague came and proceeded to destroy every single turf area established as 328. Gotcha. Okay. Eric Sands says sorry for the ambiguity here what are some ideas i should be looking for or looking into that could be causing some lime green sections appearing this fall how might i avoid it in the future uh it could be a lot of things eric um you know simple fertility issues um i I know that he just had irrigation installed um don't know if there was any issues there uh it's not been a particularly tough fall in uh, in his neck of the woods there in the uh the tri-state area we'll call it so uh mm-hmm. i don't know only other thing i could see is if it, and i don't know what the, the cloud cover and stuff like it has been like but particularly in fall is day lengths get a little bit shorter sun intensity goes down sometimes you will see some light stress which doesn't typically show up as lime green turf it's more of uh you know seeing different pigments so reddish uh crowns and leaves purplish things like that right 
uh, where different uh, pigments are expressing themselves differently in, in, in balance to what chlorophyll normally is in a quote-unquote normal situation of light intensity and day length. So, again, I would say the same thing we said to J-Form. Throw some picks up. We'd love to see it. And if there's any patterns there and we can see if it's man-made or not. And hell, maybe we'll pull Ginja's five-step video out and see if we can do that. Yeah, for sure. That. All right. <sighs> All right. Kevin uh, said about the spring dead spot. Over here. He said they covered it, but just wondered if it was feasible uh, for disease yet. Yeah, here. Fair question. Okay. Chad says... Any solution to get granular iron stains removed from a concrete driveway? Ray, what do you got? What I got for that is a 10 to 20% solution of citric acid. That's my go-to for removing metal stains from surfaces. I'm going to advise people, please avoid fooling around with hydrochloric or muriatic acid. Because the vapors from that are extremely toxic to your lungs, your throat, and your eyes. And those similarly, those vapors are extremely toxic to any turf grass or ornamental plants that happen to be downwind of where you're acid washing your, your surfaces. So this is a case of, I know everybody says to do it. But I find that there's a better way to do it. <laughs> Got it. Is uh, is Jason? Is this guy for real? What's what's this? Uh, what's yeah, I don't know. All right, Jason S. Says how I get the grass green. Good seed for the lawn. Okay. Uh. Anything you want, Jason. You want better there we answers, go. Yep. ask better questions. Yep. All right. So uh, tonight uh, we were sending one video. We were going to, uh, in our normal burn return episodes, we record a, uh, a segment called Joe Knows Turf. And Joe Knows Turf, for those of you that are new to the show, just following along, was born out of a... Uh, a radio program, internet radio program that Matt used to do a long time ago, back in the COVID times. And uh, a gentleman named Bo uh, kind of disrespected Matt and, and put Matt in a situation where he had to kind of uh, put Bo in his place. And as a result, uh, there was an ongoing segment there that uh, Matt would highlight what he called Bo Knows Turf and uh, would kind of go over some videos or just comments, things like that, and just try to give it a healthy tip. Uh, we've since taken it to a new level here. We call it Jono's Turf in, in honor of our uh, once good friend. I don't know where he is, if he's still alive or not, but Joe, the organic lawn warrior. Um, Joe, hope things are well for you, man. Um, and Joe was was big on busting up people's balls on uh, YouTube. And so, therefore, uh, we took Jono's Turf and married it up with the concept of uh, boasting up people's balls on YouTube, and we now call it Joe Knows Turf. So, with that being said, let's see today's contestant. Uh, oh, I guess I could have played the sounder there. 
Yeah. <laughs> Joe. Nose tough. <laughs> I'm Joe. I'm gonna give you a bunch of accurate turf facts today. Because Joe knows turf. <laughs> Well, uh, this one comes to us today from uh, perhaps what is the most infamous at this point. Um, YouTube lawn care guy. Um, and we'll talk about that part a little bit. But anyhow, and we have talked about that part, too. I don't really need to act like it's new information or anything like that. We're not going to play the breaking news sounder here either. But uh tonight this was sent into us uh to take a look at uh from our uh absolutely not at all friend uh the yard bro so let's take a look uh, most of you guys that follow me we can afford all this shit and you want to preserve it because you want to waste money that's 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 a big deal right now preserve what you've been working hard with by feeding it with nutrients now i highly suggest getting yourself one of these compost spreaders so let's go back to it okay number one winterize putting nutrients into your lawn to preserve what you have compost would be a great thing right now Spreading the compost everywhere with a compost spreader. Malorganite to have that slow release nitrogen throughout the winter. Now you can do it now and then right before it starts snowing. Highly recommend two bags. Then ammonium sulfate. Also do that right now. Get as much nitrogen in there to pump and just make everything full. And then keep doing what you're doing. Keep cutting three times a week. Keep cutting at least two times a week. You know, if you can't, one time a week at least until it starts snowing. This is valuable information. Pause. This is why you got... Now, the one Whoa. thing before we get to some of the agronomic stuff here that is unfortunate is that no matter how many times you want to mow your grass in a given week, right? It's incredibly hard to mm -hmm. do when you're incarcerated in federal prison. I do know that. Now, that being said, uh, the compost thing, let's start there. Uh, I know you have some very strong and very accurate opinions on compost. Would you care to share those with the, the audience here? Well, compost is the way that I have seen people basically be given a pass to misuse and misapply nutrients because mm -hmm. did you all know that on average compost works out to approximately a literal one 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 analysis you know it may vary mm -hmm. by half a percentage point here or there but when people are applying compost they might as well be spreading out a bag of 10, 10, 10, because it's the same thing. However, here's where it gets squirrely, Ryan. Mm -hmm. The release rate of those nutrients is very variable and temperature and moisture dependent. Uh -huh. So, okay, because do you know what caught my attention? Yeah. Yard bra here is telling people to top dress with compost right before winter. Yes. And winter is the time of the year when nutrient release from compost is going to be minimal. However, what will probably happen is 
you go through spring, it's a cooler spring, you think you're okay, and then when you get into summer, bang, that is when all of your nutrients in your compost decide to mineralize and become available to your turf grass. And depending on where you're at, I'm not sure if it's necessarily the best idea to have high available nutrients in summer. I mean, that's uh, basically my understanding is, is that if you're dealing with a cool season grass and that cool season grass is not on automatic irrigation, that becomes a rather sketchy proposition to have high nutrient load under conditions of warm temperatures and no irrigation. I agree wholeheartedly. And I think that the other thing too is compost is a very, very general term, right? And mm -hmm. where, where one gets compost in the Pacific Northwest where Yardbrough is located before he came back from federal prison, uh, that mm -hmm. it's also something that if I go in, uh, you know, Ohio here, or if I go to Hawaii, if I go to Maryland, if I go anywhere else, what was termed as compost may not be the same uh, nutrient sources, may not be uh, the same bulking agents, the same quality, the same carbon to nitrogen ratio. Like there's a lot of variables in there. As you just say, ah, put variability. Yeah. Our friend, our, our, our friend lawn barber could have, you know, black cow bags, you know, going through mm -hmm. the damn spreader. But, you know, he also didn't go build license plates for, you know, three cents an hour. So, um let's jump over here uh i want to watch a little bit more of this section here real quick you guys follow me and this is why my videos get pushed out to everyone i get my videos are getting pushed out more than people with over a hundred thousand subscribers and i'm getting more numbers than them why because i'm giving you guys valuable information that i've learned from the years and i think i'm a little bit more entertaining <laughs> pause there's nothing under entertaining about underage girls unless you're the art bro but I digress. Okay, jump over here to the 16 minute and 30 second uh, clip or wherever I, I told you there, J-Ping. And we'll just watch a little bit more here. I want to show Ray a couple things as we finish this thing up. Oh, oh, and Tonight we'll talk about Morganite too. Go ahead. A bunch of iron and just a bunch of nutrients to prepare for the next couple of days of Halloween. And we'll be demolishing. You guys are the best. We'll catch you in the next video. Take it easy. Then you knock on my door on the second. Pocket chain, Ray. See the pocket chain? Yep. That, that makes me nervous because uh, I'm hoping that that pocket chain was not misused. Uh, you know, you, you, the only way you're going to get it in there is if, they don't have, if you learn how to not cough hard enough when you squat and cough. Pro tip right mm -hmm. there. All right, let's play this real quick. And for it, I feel okay. You just made it through, and I love the way I feel for you. Mm, baby, you make me lose my mind like all the time. Ray, how much of this spray is, is Homeboy wearing as opposed to getting in its target area for deposition? probably less than half and uh he's doing a fine job of getting it all over the sidewalk too while we're on the subject and didn't we have a 
a viewer asking about how to remove iron stains from concrete. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you know when you overspray foliar products? That is one way I know of as to how to make iron stains on your driveways and sidewalks. Because I here's thought... what happens. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Because here's what happens. Even though your iron is chelated, that alkalinity of that concrete will rapidly oxidize that iron and turn it into none other than ferric oxide, also known as rust. And so, you know what my question is? How does this guy do this and not have orange sidewalks? And you know one more thing, Ryan? What's that? You know what I hate even more than orange sidewalks? Having orange pants from spray drift uh, from an iron application. Not a good look. <laughs> no, it's definitely not a good look. And, uh, I, you know, to, to just, I don't know. Uh, to say it's not a good look is, is an understatement. But one other thing that's not a good look is the fact that, you know, you said that maybe half of this is being deposited on his lawn. And the only thing I can think and correlate this to is that he only did probably about half of his sentence for the crimes that he committed against minor children, i.e. girls. But that's irrelevant, I guess. True. Last thing <laughs> but you here. digress. <laughs> Again, I digress. The last thing I want to say here, too, is about the Milorganite thing. I know this has been a topic that we've picked apart over the years. Uh, and notwithstanding the phosphorus issues, right? And the, mm -hmm. it's an absolutely piss poor way to put nutrients into the soil, particularly at this time of year. But also the um, uh, the other issue there, too, is that in the formulation that's out right now, about 40 percent of that nitrogen ray is actually water soluble nitrogen. So it's not also wow. released, not only notwithstanding the fact that 60 percent of that is not going to do a goddamn thing, you know, even in the Pacific mm -hmm. Northwest generally speaking for at least four months okay so um you know hey this could be getting pushed out as much as he wants but uh there's nothing of value here uh he gave us a rate of uh milk organite of two bags yeah no unit of measure other than two bags so mm -hmm. i don't know uh i guess one bag for each of those federal charges he caught yard bro have a nice night <laughs> All right. Anyway, we're going to read show titles aloud. Now, this is something, ladies and gentlemen, you don't normally see us do if you're live and if you're not a member of the channel. And if you do want to subscribe, you can always go over to www.patreon.com forward slash burn of a turn. Check us out there. Uh, pretty much about the same price of gas right now. A gallon of gas out there if you want to get it on the low end. And uh, it's a great way to uh, not only interact with us, but interact with so many other people. And we just saw that we, we had a whole show on this this past Thursday about uh, all the cool people that came from around the country to not just meet up with us, but meet up with all their uh, friends, colleagues, comrades and associates uh, that are as crazed about this particular crop in this particular industry as we are. So uh, we thank you for that. And if you are a participant, great. If you're not, you're going to see us do something that we always do. Uh, in the members only section, the members uh, recording of our burn return, which is selecting our show titles, uh, which can be a little spicy. So I don't know, J Pink, are you going to show the screen or are we just going to read? I'm just going to read. 
Yeah, I'll just read aloud. That's probably a good, that's probably a yeah. good way to do it. Yeah, that's uh, probably a good idea, J-Pink. <laughs> so our first suggestion comes from Eric Sands. Uh, Halloweenies. Uh. <laughs> We've got Angel's Envy was too uppity for us neuro-spicy people from Busy Bees. <laughs> <laughs> we got F the EPA for Ray, also from Busy Bees. Uh... <laughs> Fuck the government from English, man. Oh, gosh. Dimensional analysis for dummies. Mm -hmm. Is the mass hole ban lifted? <laughs> Diminishing returns. Winterizing for fun and profit. Valuable information. Questionable at best. My personal favorite. Rust stains and ankle monitors. <laughs> unsubscribed show me yours and i'll show you mine and we got a couple uh we got we got a couple people typing here real quick uh right now though rust stains and ankle monitors is winning by far right behind <laughs> it is uh is the title suggestion for is the mass hole band Lift it. Lorganite, <laughs> <laughs> mm. three years to life. Oh, <laughs> that one's uh, that one's uh, quickly taken second place. So it uh, looks like it's between rust stains and ankle monitors or Malorganite, three years to life. <sighs> I'll let you guys decide. The, the, I'm abstaining from this vote. Uh, oh, technically, man. rust stains and ankle monitors is... Uh, Oh no, uh, we're back tied again. So, tied. Uh, it's Ray. It's coming down to Ray. Hey, I mean, I like uh, I like Rustings and uh, ankle monitors because it is so befitting. It is so befitting because uh, what is it after you do something bad like that? Uh, you may be out of prison quote unquote but you're still on what's called supervised release aren't you <laughs> you know you're not exactly a free man <laughs> rest hands and ankle monitors it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's taking first place again so send it uh, send it JP. we'll go with that <laughs> mm -hmm. uh this thursday we should be back uh with paul hurst so oh wow all right. Yeah. Last minute scheduling conflicts uh, aside, uh, should be good to go. Awesome. Cool. Well, awesome. Thanks, thanks everybody. Cool. Nice, nice reporting. Good times. And uh, for those of you that uh, got to see it live for the first time, welcome to the shit stain. Love you all. <laughs> Later. Bye. Bye. Bye.